Hello, and welcome to our podcast, where we speak the truth about abuse. I am your host, Rochelle, and one of the things I am passionate about is meeting people and hearing their stories. This podcast puts survivors' own experiences in the forefront. Hopefully, this will bring a better understanding of the impact of domestic violence in our community. Welcome to uh, our weekly SCARS collaboration meeting with survivors today. I'm really excited because we're going to do something a little different, I think. Right, Jane? Maybe like an interview kind of style. We'll just really actually just be chatting. Um, So in some of the past uh, workshop or not workshops, we've done workshops, but in collaboration meetings, we've been talking about the survivor impact panels. And a lot of people have been really interested in those. And they're different. They're not done very many places. A lot of people are familiar with maybe um, DUI panels or things like that, but this is for domestic violence. So we're really excited that we have these to offer. And we had one last Thursday. Um, hopefully everyone here on Meetup saw that um, we had the opportunity for you to observe. And we did have about half a dozen survivors come and observe, which was so cool. Some survivors talk about that it's just healing for them to uh, to just like witness that. And some are ready to think about speaking. Um, and so, yay, I know. So Jane and I have both been panelists over the years. And uh, Jane is also now taking on a new role facilitating the panel. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, you did amazing, Jane. And oh. it's, it's so much, it's so much work I know goes into panels and we can get into that, but basically just like a lot of you have been on our meetups, like our peer support groups and our writers workshops. Right. And like the whole goal for us to do is to like create an informed space. And that's huge for us. And I, I feel like when we do that for the survivor impact panel, we have to like level up in order for it to be that way for survivors to like freely share their story and other survivors to listen. And also we've got perpetrators there. Jane, we had 52 perpetrators on the call. So I just want to say all of my like kudos and thank you for facilitating the panelists speaking. And also there's Q and a in there, which is a chance for perpetrators to engage with survivors. Like when does that happen? Um, so I just, you, you had started talking earlier when we were checking in about, um, that you weren't sure how it was going to go, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on how it went? Well, I feel like I should give just a little bit of history. Is that all right with the panels? Perfect. Okay, so um, I'm a survivor. Uh, I call it a triple threat. It was uh, childhood childhood abuse, and um, which collated into you know all the um, abusive relationships that I've been in uh, my whole life. And so, because of that, I am in a food addiction group that meets um, every day because I eat every day. So I go to a meeting every day. So I started moderating them last year. So I have a one of the meetings once a week that I moderate, and other people moderate the other meetings it's a shared experience. And so when Rochelle asked me to moderate, I was completely forgetting that I had been doing that for a year. And I said, Oh, my goodness, no, I can't do this. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, moderator material. And our other moderator was so perfect. She never made any mistakes. And, and Rochelle said, no, I just really think you ought to try it. And um, it didn't occur to me 
until I was sitting there really, or maybe a day or two before that I had been doing this for a year for um, addiction recovery groups. And so it was just a natural fit and I loved it. It was stressful and it was hard because there's a lot of moving parts that go into this. You know, we've got the perpetrators, the survivors, the observers, our um, crew behind the scenes. And I just want to make sure that I did everything right. Um, The feedback was great. I loved that. I thought it was really fun. So I had a great time. That's awesome. And speaking of feedback, some of y'all know, because I've been talking about going to meet with some mediating attorneys, and I did meet with them yesterday. And two of them were observers for the panel, which is so, yes. Uh, So yeah, so they came and their feedback was just phenomenal. And they just were so uh, moved by witnessing uh, the experience of a survivor impact panel Mm -hmm. and just uh, what went on. And so it was super cool because as we know, that's really the name of the game is informing uh, professionals how better to support survivors. And so we talk about that, how we're, we are the ones who have to help the helpers. (laughs) And so that's one way to do it. Um, We do the heavy lifting behind the scenes, but that's, you know, we've been gifted with voice. And so that's why we do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So uh, what are your thoughts uh, being a panelist? What What is that like for someone who is wondering, you know, maybe they're thinking about someday, you know, exercising their voice and possibly speaking on a panel? What, how, how did that help you, do you think? Well, I'm going to go back a little bit too, because my experience with the panel started four or five years ago. I'm not sure of the time frame, but um, I was in observance of a, um, I was doing a 90 day internship at uh, one of our local um, crisis centers. And it's one that has, um, you know, the video port and, you know, really supportive for the survivors. So I was in my last class of the 90 hours that I had to do for my internship. And you can imagine I had my little books and my pen and I was ready to go. But the speaker was so engaging. And it was Matt, who is our, um, what's Matt's title? For the uh, for the panel, we say he's a coordinator and he's also a board member of SCARS. Okay, so um, so Matt was there teaching a class on why men batter, and I was it was just enthralling information. And I'm sitting in this room. I've got first responders and people from different public agencies with me during this class. After the class, you know, Matt shut it down. I started grabbing my books, and he said, "Now I want to tell you about my other job." And when he did that, I was like, what? I'm ready to go. Like, I'm done. I've done my 90 hours. And I sat there politely like everybody else did. And this young woman came in. And honestly, Rochelle, I wish somebody would tell me who it was because I cannot remember. Um, She came in and she introduced herself and she started to tell her story. I was so riveted. I, I didn't know what hit me. I just, I was just listening with just wide eyed and Nobody had ever given me permission to talk about my story outside of counseling. It had never occurred to me that I could actually tell my story for healing, prevention, and education. It had never dawned on me. But that's because I was raised in the 70s where we had huge shag carpets and they just lifted up the shag carpet and they swept all the secrets under there and away they went. No counseling, no nothing. You just go on with your life. So when I heard her speak, and she was one of the panelists back then, I... I just attacked Matt after the, I felt so bad for him. I literally climbed over the tables. I'm like, I have to know who you are, where I can find you and how do I do this? 
And I was in his office two weeks later. Um, I had never strung together my entire story from seven years old to 56. Of course, then I was uh, 50. Um, had never strung together my entire story. It took me, I would say, maybe an hour and a half to two hours to really reach back and start to knit together. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever put childhood abuse and uh, you know relationships together all the way on a timeline almost. So Matt said, I think you're ready. I'm like, ready for what? He said, I think you're ready for a panel. And so my first panel was a couple of weeks later. I was squished in between these two lovely women. <clears throat> and I just had, I was so riveted by the first story that when it came to me, I just went, oh my goodness, it's, it's time. And I started to like, you know, get the cold sweats and this was live. So this was not on Zoom. So we were, we were really just, you know, in the courtroom with probably 25 people, 25 perpetrators. And it was an amazing experience. I just started talking. I couldn't tell you what I talked about. But when I got done, then we went to the next woman. And afterwards, um, a couple of the men came up to me and said, thank you in person. Um, this was way before COVID. So they wanted to give me a hug. And I was kind of like, you know, boundaries, it's all right. Um, but I shook hands. And it was, it was so lovely that all of us had touched all of these people who had been arrested for domestic violence. And this is part of their parole and probation. They have to do this. Um, and I give a shout out to Washington County because they're the only ones that have been steady with us all along with the panels. They've never wavered on parole and probation with the panels as the other counties have. So I just really, if you're watching this and you can encourage anybody in Multnomah or Clackamas or other places to carry the panels, they really should. So anyway, long and short of it is I get done. Everybody gets done. We have the feedback at the end after the perpetrators leave, we have the feedback and it was just so enthralling. And it took me about, hmm, I don't know couple of weeks probably to really get over it the first time. I mean, to really like process everything that I had just told a group of strangers. And as the panels went on, we had more um, opportunities back then to speak pre-COVID. And so I was going anywhere and everywhere that they asked me to go. Um, sometimes we had two people in the room. Sometimes we had 50. Um, it just depended on where we were. Sometimes we were talking to um, panels of Multnomah County judges. Sometimes we were down in Salem. Um, and it, it's just all along been the most amazing experience from beginning until now. I would never not do this work ever. Um, it, it feeds my soul to be able to, um, to see the life-changing looks on people's faces. And then the comments like, well, I just, you know, I've heard, ma'am, I just didn't know any better. Ma'am, you remind me of my aunt. And I used to watch her get beat up. I've had hugs. I've had, you know, handshakes. I've had poetry given to me from uh, a tour through one of the prisons and the, somebody wrote down a poem. Um, so, you know, it just, it's, it's really, really great work. And to know that it's a restorative justice program and that both sides of the coin are being addressed. Um, I really, it was an honor to be able to now step out and moderate um, this joy that's been in my life for, you know, all these years. So. Yeah. I love that. Um, it made me think when you talked about, you know, that you never knew that, you know, of people who would speak outside of sharing their story with their counselor or that there were opportunities. And boy, that that was so powerful for me. And I know it is for so many survivors and along not only just to like speak it like we do sometimes with each other um, in meetup and right, the workshops. Right. 
but to speak directly to perpetrators and know that they are still living their lives. Some of them, you know, are interacting with their partners, maybe even if they're not partners anymore, maybe they have children. Um, and, uh, that maybe we could have a, a make a difference in the ways in which they uh, live their lives out from here on out is, is so powerful. It really is. It's, it's just, it's the best work I've ever done. And like I said, I will never stop doing it. As long as, as long as we have panels, I will speak or moderate or whatever you need me to do. That's awesome. I love that so much. Um, and speaking of uh, people who are, uh, mandated to come that really is that really is the majority of the folks right they they have been arrested they have been convicted of domestic violence and as we all know usually convicted of domestic violence means the a criminal a criminal charge which means there's usually physical because that's the only thing that's criminal right now uh Mm -hmm. in our area but you know, there's so many other types of abuse, right, Jane? I mean, can you, can you, can you expand on that a little? So yeah, yeah. Cool. There's this, there's the psychological, there's the spiritual, there's the property, right? There's financial, um, there's even animal. And so many uh, times people don't realize that, uh, you know, those of us who are survivors, sometimes we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't recognize it. Um, because, uh, maybe we weren't being, you know, at least for my story, I wasn't being, you know, uh, given black eyes and things like that. And so when it does get to that criminal piece and, and they are arrested, we know that a lot of power control, coercive control, other forms of abuse have happened. Um, and so the goal is to start to get more people maybe who will know that this program is available so we can get folks who are come voluntarily, um, and speaking of voluntarily, I, Matt and I got an email and some feedback from a program provider who had a participant who came to the panel. And I'll probably share this tonight at the speaker's workshop too, a little more. But basically, this person had uh, met the conditions of their particular probation as far as how many classes they had to attend. And the last thing on their list was to come to this panel. And so they pretty much were like, yeah, you know, I just, I, I want to be done. I've, I've met all the qualifications, but I, I wasn't really clear on it, but something about their program, they could keep attending or there was more or something like that, but they had met the requirements. After this individual went to the panel, he got in touch with his uh, program counselor and he said, oh, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going to do as much as I can with the program. And so uh, he is attending group this week and going to be attending. And so that just tells you the power, Jane. So these stories, right, of of uh, coming voluntarily is is just wow. It's it's the most magical group of people you will ever meet because survivors are the most. um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, The most resourceful. And um, some of the kindest people that you will ever meet. And, you know, to hear them up there telling their gruesome stories, sometimes very gruesome stories. We have survivors that have survived everything. Mine was, you know, um, all, all three of the, the big ones, uh, physical, mental, sexual, as a kid. But we have people that have um, come out of cults and come out of, um, you know, uh, relationships where they, they didn't have that as a kid. And they had a, they had a dream life, and then all of a sudden their partner 
you know, who did witness that, you know, it, it's happening to them. So we come from so many different backgrounds, nationalities, colors, countries, and it's, you know, it's the, the same for all of us. Doesn't matter your economic status, doesn't matter, you know, it's the same. And as far as I know, I've never heard anybody of the survivor panel ever not want to come back, ever not want to participate as much as they can, and ever not said anything about it, you know, not affecting them at a really deep level. So that says a lot. And they're volunteers. Yes, we are all volunteers. We have no <laughs> payroll and we are completely survivor run, Jane, right? Yep. We just all right. collaborate together and, and we talk about that. We're the boss, <laughs> you know, we're There's the zero red tape. Decide. Yeah. Zero red tape. Um, and so we'll wrap up in a bit, but you know what? I was just thinking, we do have the speakers workshop tonight and that is something that you have been a part of since the beginning. That was something. So the panels have been around for over two decades, which we are so fortunate and other advocates and nonprofits have been running them and taking care of them. And, uh, and then people like Matt have, uh, connected us survivors with them, giving us the opportunity and us doing the work to be panelists. And a few years ago, the program that uh, was running it uh, decided that they were going to no longer be uh, doing their nonprofit. And so it looked like the panels were just going to float away into the mist. And, you know, all of us survivors at SCARS, we got together and we put our heads together and we said, you know, it's mostly us speaking anyway on the panels. Right. We fed <laughs> into the other program. So. Yeah. And we're like, you know, and we do all of this volunteer work anyway, because like you said, this is just really our passion, not only for like our own healing, but because, you know, we want to see other survivors and families, you know, healed. And so we're like, let's, let's, we'll just take on the panels too. And so we did, we did a few years ago, we took on the panels. So now we're doing the panels and and right before that, we also said, you know what, let's let's start uh, really being intentional about how we equip panelists, because, um, you know, this is something that, you know, it, it is is important. It's important for all of us. And I know I feel better if I'm equipped <laughs> to do something. And then afterward, I feel better about myself because I was like, OK, I wasn't blindsided. I knew what to expect. So we've started these speaker workshops just about every month. Um, and you've been coming to those and you help coach on those, right? And so you see new folks that come that are wanting to share their story. And sometimes, um, you know, they're not interested in taking any next steps to speak on the panel, but they're just moved by being able to, like you say, share their story outside of just like a small bubble of like maybe friends, family, or counseling. Um, so, uh, so there is a speaker's workshop. It's tonight. Uh, they happen every month, uh, whenever we can. Sometimes we'll take a break in December just because there's so many holidays. But uh, what are your thoughts about the speakers workshop? You know, it's it's a magical tool for somebody who doesn't have the opportunity to um, learn how to craft their story. Um, like I said earlier, for education, prevention, healing, all of those things. So when you help um, another survivor uh, put their story together like Matt helped me put my story together because we practiced a lot before I went out there in that, that two weeks, I saw him several times. Um, it, it's, it really is amazing. The things that it pulls out of survivors, um, sometimes good, sometimes pretty upsetting, but that's why we are all there to support each other. 
And, and the bottom line is we're making, we're helping create healthier individuals who then will share their experience, strength, and hope with our um, our groups, our, our people that have been arrested for domestic violence. And we are sending out two huge groups of um, humans that are more aware and um, are really want to do better. So it's, it's a pretty amazing. I love that. Yeah. And I appreciate you so much. I mean, just so, so dedicated to, you know, coming mm-hmm. just whenever you can and and it really, it really does make a difference to, I feel like, have some um, experienced panelists at the speaker's workshop, right? Because then when the survivors come, I like how you said, help them craft their story. Um, it's so much different than uh, what's the what's the kind of speech meetings that people do that when they'll go and they'll give talks. Like oh, Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. So I remember we had someone who thought it was Toastmasters and then they came and they're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like how to speak because it's really okay how you speak. It's that like, like you say, pulling out the pieces of your story that are really going to land and have that impact. Yeah. And, and, and so as survivors then, and you being there too, like kind of coaching and giving that feedback and saying, you know, when you talked about this part of your story that really had it, you know, I just, I felt like I was there and that's just so powerful. So I don't know if you have any last thoughts about, about anything, please. Well, share. you know, yeah. When we're working with people, um, w- with survivors, it's, it's the old adage. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. And I'll just give you a really good example. Um, I was two years into the panels and I never really understood what the meaning of the word rape was. I never understood that. And we went to a class, all of us, and we were learning from these wonderful folks about meanings of of different words. Some were violent, like rape. Some were just really, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I should have turned off my phone. Some are are really benign and not, you know, not uh, as scary as that word is, not law and order kind of stuff. But in that class, hearing that word and then hearing the actual definition for that word totally changed my life. And I already had been doing this for two years. So then I had to go back and realize how many times I had let people be violent with me with my permission, because I didn't know any better. And so again, you know, we we do all these things um, in separate pieces, the writer's workshop, the speaker's workshop, the classes, um, you know, getting our um, advocacy certificates, because all of this together in a big ball makes us better humans, because we understand what happened to us and how we can go forward. And I'll just give you that book recommendation that I always give everybody. Um, it's uh, Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Bruce Perry, and it's called What Happened to You? And really trying to change the tone of um, mental health these days across the country and asking what happened to you instead of what's the matter with you. And I feel like that's what we're helping survivors with. Find out what happened to you. That is so good. And I'll make sure that I put the uh, link to that book in the uh in the description notes of the youtube video so so yeah so thank you jane for your time Mm -hmm.